Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lefford Fate is a 30-year veteran of the United States Air Force. Retiring as Command Chief Master Sergeant for the 20th Fighter Wing Shaw Air Force Base in South Carolina. Currently, he's a mental health professional, a certified facilitator and coach with the Napoleon Hill Foundation, a four-time leadership book author, and TED Talk speaker. Tonight, he shares lessons he's learned when leadership mattered most. This is straight talk you won't hear anywhere else. I'm Galen Bingham, and this is Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Cheers. I love it. I love it. There's just so much wrapped into that story. The the first thing I'd love for you to talk about is the courage, because uh, I've said a couple of times that I believe, uh, with all due respect to John Maxwell and the others, I believe at the core of leadership is courage. And when I say courage, I'm not talking about running up the hill, you know, bullets bouncing off your chest, right, that right. kind of thing. I, I mean, the willingness to do what you believe is right, regardless of the personal sacrifice. And, you know, for you to say, for whatever reason, this is what I stand for. I am not going to do this thing. I've dealt with peer pressure before. I have not dealt with peer pressure in the military. I can only imagine that there's a factor added <laughs> to peer pressure in the military. And for you to say, this is who I am, I'm willing to stand by that. For me, that's a display of courage. What role does courage play in leadership for you? I think courage in all facets, but especially leadership is hugely important. Remember, courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is facing fear and going through it meeting it and going through it. Again, I don't want to offend anyone. I didn't want to be like, man, I want to do this because I like this brother, but hey, I got to tell the truth and I need to know the light. So the, the whole thing about leadership and courage is that you face it, you go through it because what that does, again, is it influences and shows other people. There are plenty of people out there that that don't drink. Listen, there's other things. I temporary duty assignment where you go somewhere when you go to Vegas. What's what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> you know, it takes a leader. It takes somebody to say, no, 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 no. I am still a husband and a father and I'm going to do what I need to do. I went to Korea in 98, well, 98, 99. And, and I got to be honest, I went there with some brothers and we, we were cool because this is what I was told on my way to Korea. They say, you're either going to get closer to or further to, from God than you've ever been in your life because it's off the chain over here. And so because I'm a man, I got with two other guys, Gerald Rucker and, um, and Trevor Riley, and we made a pact that we going to be down for each other. 
And we're going to make sure we do what we need to do and stand in the gap for each other. So the reality is being able to sit down with a couple of brothers and say, hey, we men and we ain't going to make it by ourselves. So you got me. I got you. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think courage is extremely important. It ain't easy. No. But it's it's hugely important in leadership. Yeah, you know, I, I would even go, and someone did say this, this is not me, I can't remember who this is from, but they said that if it is easy, then it is not courage. <laughs> if it's easy, if it's an easy choice, that doesn't take courage. It has to be a tough choice. It has to be, there has to be some sort of sacrifice or danger of sacrifice. And you're willing to, in the face of that fear, in the face of that loss, you're willing to do what you believe is right in order. I think that was Brene. I think that was Brene that yeah, said that. Brene did it. Uh, John did it. Uh, I don't want anybody sitting here thinking like, oh my God, this guy has just got it going on. No, 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 no. There's some stuff. You bend, you waver the peer pressure. There's some stuff that you do, but it's a practice. And, and why do I say that? You know, I used to watch people that were really, really good at what they did. And they never showed me the weak side. And so I watched them and I can never be that guy. Mm. And so because I can never be that guy, I gave up. But there are a few people that showed me their vulnerable side and say they struggle with it too. And I was able to say, okay, so I'm not totally broken. I'm not totally broken. It's a struggle and it's supposed to be. And I can do this if I work hard enough or if I want it bad enough. So I think people need to see that it is a struggle and you're not alone if you mess up. Just get back on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, another conversation I had with Tamara McMillan, and if you're listening to this, definitely go check out that podcast episode. And we talked about this belief. I don't know that it's founded. I don't know that it's scriptured. It could be. I, I just don't know it but there must be something divine in this idea of trying, messing up, trying again, getting it wrong again, trying again, still not quite right, but trying again. There, there yeah. must be something divine in that. And the reason why I say that is because God had a choice and God could have made us perfect. Truth. Absolutely could have. And for some reason he chose not to, we're not even as perfect as angels are. And he could have done that too, but there must be something about the continuous attempt at trying to get it right. That has some redeeming value that he, that he finds pleasurable, desirable. Uh, You know, I don't want to get too deep into scripture, but I mean, what you were saying about there's no one that gets this thing right, but it's the pursuit of perfection, as Vince Lombardi said, that is going to put us on the winning side. Pursuit uh, of perfection, you'll run into excellence. I, I think he loves us. Uh, and, and again, I'm not going to preach, but I think he loves us enough to give us free choice. Because you're right. He could have made us do whatever. Ain't not, hey, you will do this. I will. Hey, the rocks. And the field will praise and worship me if I need it. But no, I'm giving you choice. Oh my gosh, I need a drink after that. That's <laughs> cheers. Cheers, cheers. 
Yeah, so uh, there must be something in it. There must be something in it. And then the other piece of this conversation, <clears throat> I'd love to get your your thoughts on because, you know, it's 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 whiskey, jazz, and leadership. And we've we've talked about whiskey a little bit. We've talked about leadership, uh, but this thing about jazz. And I'll tell you, for me, although I love jazz, literally. I just really, really just enjoy jazz. It's also a metaphor for me that there really isn't a script for how we do this thing. There's some ideals. There's some points where you've got to, you've got to get to, you've got to get to this point, you know, before you hand this thing over. But how you get to this point is totally up to, you know, you mentioned free will, right? So how does that, metaphor sit with you either literally or figuratively i mean i was in band in junior and junior high school and high school i was a trombone player and you practice to get good enough to be in the jazz band and i think there is a there's a structure you put in work and then you get to play with it life to me is is like jazz you got all this stuff and you're and you're doing the best you can and then you're going off script because everybody has got tools, but they're not the same tools. Everybody's got situations, but they're not the same situations. Everybody has sight, but they don't have the same sight. But you play the best you can to make it nice. And you don't do it like everybody else all the time. Sometimes you do, but you don't because I that's what I think about life and jazz. And it's and it's just beautiful to put it together. And, and I'm a little bit different in this. The tyranny of the or and the genius of the and. I do believe that you should have a niche and then you should just go in and you should get real good. But I also believe like when I was in, when I was in jazz band, that somebody give you some drums, even though you're a trombone player, try this. Even though you're a trombone player, try baritone. And then that's not your thing but it is an expression of who you are. And I think it's the same thing with this niche thing. I'm a speaker first, but I love training people. I love coaching people. I love learning new things. This podcast, this on-air space, I'm loving this. I like standing in front of troops and in front of people and talking and influence people, but I, this is nice. I love it now. That's not what my niche niche is or niche, whatever. Georgia's niche. My wife's from England, so it's niche. <laughs> uh, so it's, but it's all of that. And that's what I think jazz is. You get to, to be creative for what God gave you. Mm. Wow. I hope that makes sense. That does. I love it. I love it. You know, I was on, I was part of this conversation a couple of days ago and they were trying to distill this whole leadership topic down to what are the attributes that you believe go into making an effective leader? So for me, it's like, that's, that's really hard to do, right. To distill everything down to these, to these few attributes. But uh, one of the things we talked about earlier today is this idea of courage being really, really important. We talked about influence the ability to influence, to move people from one place to somewhere that's more productive. What are some other attributes that you believe are really, really important in 
leaders? I have a keynote again that I give called For Real. And the PH is philosophy. And philosophy is who you are, what you're about, what you know, and what you do with what you know. And so for me, as a leader, you got to have a philosophy on how you are going to lead everything. That's how you're going to lead yourself, how you're going to lead the people around you, how you're going to lead up, lead ladder, and lead down. So you as an individual have to have a philosophy. No matter what I'm doing, I'm always going to take care of my family because I didn't always do that. Mm. I grew up in an environment where it was like a man's job was to make money, pay the bills, take care of not that emotional stuff. They ain't got nothing to do with me. All that stuff. That's talk to your mama. You know <laughs> that you, you got girlfriends for that. So my whole thing is that you got to have a, a leadership philosophy and you got to know what that is. And I call that my North Star, because if you have a North Star, which is perfect tonight, because tonight's the solstice, right? December 21st. But if you great, know what your North Star is, actually. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. But if you know where your, where your North Star is, when you're down, you can look up. When you're up, you can focus on there. No matter what's going on, you can look up and you know you're going in the right place. Next is, but philosophy is not enough. You got to have relationships. And to me, relationships matter. You take care of them, they'll take care of you. And again, that is a 360 degree relationship. How you treat people, how people treat you, what they can expect from you, how you walk your walk and talk your talk. So you got philosophy relationship. The next thing is equipping. And for me as a leader, equipping is to, you can't pour from an empty cup. So I have to be ready to know stuff. I have to be good at what I do. I have to not only train, I have to equip and resource the people in my circle, whether that's my family or that's my troops, or if that's the people that fall under me. So again, philosophy, relationship, equipment, attitude is the next one. In the Air Force, we like to say that your attitude determines your altitude. And W. Clement started talking about the positive mental attitude. You can look at something on the positive side or on the negative side. And depending on how you look at that thing and your attitude, that's what you're going to get out of it. And finally, leadership. And leadership is a couple of things. Coming from the military, I actually had to make a leader shift. Mm. Because, and and that was one of my favorite books by John Maxwell. You asked books that I love, John Maxwell books, leadership is huge. And why was that important to me? In the military, I had all these stripes and we had, I had all this time in the military and I had a position. So you best listen. Now, my goal was to influence you and do, to help you make a good decision. But at the end of the day, when the stuff hits the fan, you had to listen. But that doesn't work out here. <laughs> it didn't really work in the military. You can have fear-based authoritarian leadership, and that's not a good thing, but there's better ways to do it. And leadership is, again, first person you got to lead is yourself. You got to be a person of influence, and then you got to have people follow, take care, listen. But there's three things that I tell everybody that you need to do. As a leader, you need to listen. You need to learn. Listen to all your people up, down, laterally, listen to the situation, learn everything you can about the situation and the people. And finally, you can lead. Because if you 
lead without listening. If you lead without learning, you're not really leading. You're just out there with a position and you're just out there in front. And so for me, my whole philosophy and thought on that, that five keys are for real philosophy, relationships, equipping, attitude, and leadership. I love it. I love it. And, and so you guys listening, you, you see what I heard? I just got a glimpse of this. <laughs> I, I got a glimpse of this and I just sensed that there was just so much more. And this, I can tell you right now, dude, I'm going to be stalking you for the next <laughs> 10 years. You, you, you're not going to be able to get rid of me. Yeah. Hey, and, and, and you know, another thing, I mean, you reminded me of something that on another episode, we talked to uh, Philip Boyd, who spent time as a Marine and he spent time uh, in the U.S. Navy. And uh, we talked a little bit about this idea of command and control leadership and that often being attributed to the military because to your point i mean he who has the most stripes wins (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, right but you know even and you were saying like like he said yeah you can win but that's not a long-term success strategy to be success strategy to being an effective leader So I just loved, I would love to get your take on that because he talked about that as well. Thank you for that question because it's a great question and we're moving further away from it because again, young people aren't into that stuff. Not young people. It wasn't effective as effective. That's that industrial age leadership thing, command and control. And it's fast and it gets things done. But what tends to happen is people only do what they're told, when they're told, and when somebody's watching, right? If you lead with the philosophy of for real, where you're actually taking care of your people, they do things to for because they love you. Now, this, you talk about controversial, I'm getting ready to drop it on you. One of my favorite generals in history was Robert E. Lee. Uh-oh. What? Uh-oh. And, and, and this is why. He was on the wrong side of history. What he did to African-American, black people, slavery, that's that's horrible. What he did on what I was taught that he did. There's another thing, there's history and there's history, right? So what he did, his men loved him. I didn't like what he did, but I watched and studied as a, a man that had his men want to follow him because they loved him. They wanted to impress him. They wanted to, they didn't want to disappoint him because they knew that he loved them. So, and uh, I think it was uh, boys to men. They said, love them. Don't be in love with them. I love my people. And because I love my people, I will do what I need to do even if it hurts for them. And that's one of the things that I liked about Lee. Now, again, don't nobody get it twisted. He needed to lose. I'm glad he lost. I like a part of what he was. But but that's the thing. And a lot of people just, if you lead with only your stripes and your stars, they will follow you until somebody else shows up. That's in the military. I've been a corporate or an outside of the military leader for eight years. And the people that work for me now, they follow me because they respect me and I respect them. I don't have any stars. I don't have any stripes. 
but I have authority because they gave it to me. And when they gave it to me, I did something productive with it. And I'm not just talking about from the top. I'm talking about for my people. And so I think that leadership is everything and that it's not just beating somebody across the head and shoulder. It's influencing them to do what needs to be done. Oh, this has been great. I mean, this is this is it. I mean, this is a masterclass discussion on leadership from so many different levels. But I'm just so glad that you agreed to have this conversation with me, man. Uh, hey, so one of the things that I, I want to leave the audience with is just kind of any parting thoughts or final toasts or just something that you want to leave folks thinking about as it pertains to trying to become a better leader from wherever they are, right? You, you, you've got some people listening to this and they run entire organizations, right? They, they run corporate organizations. They've got thousands of people either directly or indirectly reporting to them. Uh, you've got some people that they're trying their best to lead themselves, right? They're trying to figure out how do I get from point A to point B? And let's not be confused. That's just as much of a leadership decision as if you were running, you know, an organization of thousands of people, what advice would you want them to take from either what we've shared, what we've discussed, or just in general to help them get better at leading? I believe leadership is a study. You don't arrive as a leader. Say you, that again. You, you don't arrive as a leader. You continuously study leadership. You study, you practice, you practice, you study. All of us are different. Lead us how we need to be led. I have four children. I treat them equal. I cannot treat them the same. I got a daughter that if I say, wow, you disappointed me. She's depressed. I got one. If I say that, she's like, get over it. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it, it's not like that. It's just like, okay, well, what did I do? They're different people. And so all of us are different. You got to lead us how we need to be led. And finally, people want leadership. Mm -hmm. They may not act like it. They may not even know that they need it, but people are looking for somebody to lead them well. And if you are doing it well, they will follow. Don't think you're not there. You just got to keep, keep driving. And every day I, I had a conversation with one of my people and I'm not going to call names because I'm hoping they listen to it. And I was talking about, yeah, you know, I, that one of our managers, I need to send them to some leadership training. Well, when they got here, they were, they said they're already a leader. I'm like, I go to two or three leadership conferences per year and I read dozens of books a year. Oh, they thought they, I got a position. Now I'm a leader. Nah, that's not, that's not true. Leadership is a continuous process. Uh. That's beautiful. That I mean, you're you're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. I think that's probably a great place for us to end this particular conversation. But I promise you, this will not be the last. Uh, I could talk to you for at least another three or four days uh, on this topic. But with that, man, I, I just want to raise raise a glass and just thank you for sharing your wisdom as we try to give people the real on what it takes to get better. And either drinking whiskey, All right, <laughs> listening to jazz, yes, or, or this leadership thing. So with that, thank you. Cheers, Cheers my brother. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.